Hello, friends. Um, I'm here to follow up on yesterday's problem with the assets stuff. Quick recap. In Livewire, I added a new Blade Directive called Script and another one called Assets. And you can use them from any Blade or Livewire component inside a Livewire component. And they will basically ensure it's for things like you know, if you're using a third-party library, you want to load the CDN assets, and then in your script, you want to like initialize something in your component based on the assets loaded in asset. Really common pattern. In normal Laravel land, you use push and stack and document.addEventListener DOM content loaded and stuff like that. So this is like a solution to a kind of annoying problem, and this has been a long road here. Um, we started the first problem when I... Okay, here's what well, we're doing it. We're doing the journey. This is a this is like this is a great example of things that are hard and making them good and all the the journey and how long it freaking takes. Like over a year ago, maybe 2 years ago, forever I've known that pushing to stacks is fine in Livewire like normal Laravel unless the Livewire component is loaded after the initial page load cuz there's no stack to push to. If you load a component from an AJAX request, it, it's not loading your layout anymore, so there's no stack to push to. So we re, we like hijacked stacks. We basically overrode. We detected intelligently in Livewire 2, if you're using at, at push inside of a Livewire component, then we're going to do crazy things. <laughs> we're going to hijack everything. We're going to send that stuff that you're trying to push to in the AJAX request to the Livewire's JavaScript. And Livewire, all, it hijacks stack so that it marks it in the layout. So there's like markers in your DOM. And that was really, really tough because it's not like a div that you can just say append child or something. We used comments or template te template elements to mark the beginning and the end of a stack. And then we like appended or prepended things you push to them after the fact, but we had to track stuff so that you don't push like multiple times in the same page. It was just crazy. It was this huge feature. It took forever. We finally cracked it. It's something I've wanted forever. We pushed it. And then basically it's like a breaking change because people using stacks a certain way are now getting weird behavior because they're just not expecting Livewire to do this kind of thing. So I ended up just commenting it out in Livewire's Livewire 2's code base. I think it's still commented out because we put so much work into it and it's a pretty tight feature and we merged it. Um, and I didn't want to just like <laughs> revert it and then forget that it existed or I don't know. It was just like, I'll comment this out and then V3, I'll, I'll uncomment it. So we decided to never return to that stacks concept. So did V3 without any solution for this. And of course, the problem still exists. I need it in my own apps. People need something that does this. So I've, for the longest time, I thought, okay, when I introduce this in V3, I'm not going to make the same mistake and hijack at push and at stack. Instead, we're going to have like wire stack and wire push so that you know you're using Livewire's fancy thing, even though it's ugly. But at this point, it's like, I just need to solve the problem. I know we can't come up with some nice API to do it. So then I got on a stream and I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to do this thing. Let's just stream about it. And then I started thinking like, oh, I really hate those names. We did a bunch of polls on the stream. We figured out like what are better names. And then we, we ran into like problem after problem and then solution after solution and eventually like hit the tiniest little edge problem with the dream world we'd created. And I was like stumped and I was like, crap, well, there goes that. It was like a three hour stream. It's on YouTube. We we're like, all right, well, that's not going to do it. 
because of the DOM content loaded listeners that like you want for the first render, but not for subsequent renders. Um, and there's no clean way to like universally do that. So I, I went back to the drawing board and I think it was just on a long walk or something or talking with Mitch, I think. I think it was talking with Mitch. Yeah, next to my dad's hot tub. I think I already told you about this. And big brainstorming session and then realized like, oh, these need to be two separate concepts. Your scripts that you're running, inline scripts in your component, and then assets that you're loading on the page. Assets should be once, only loaded once per runtime in your browser. And then scripts should be loaded every single time your component is initialized on the page if there's multiple of the same component. Came up with the clean name script and assets, got approval from the high ups that Laravel's not going to be using those names and I'm free to use them, was really excited about it, came up with a pretty clean solution, thought everything was fine, launched it, broke my own app, Philo submitted a failing test PR and I go, oh crap, I didn't even realize that my app was broken until Philo submitted his PR and I was like, well, I'm using this in my app. Is it broken for me? It is broken for me. And the problem is, when you add an asset to a page after it's initially loaded, like if you literally open DevTools and you modify your head tag and add a script with a remote JavaScript in there, when you add it, if it's a remote script, like on another domain, it takes a second, even if it's cached, even if it's cached, it takes one millisecond or whatever. It doesn't hold up JavaScript's runtime. I explained all this to you yesterday, but this is a recap. It holds up JavaScript's runtime until it doesn't hold up JavaScript's runtime while it's loading. So basically there's like no way for me to make sure that the assets load before the script. It's this order I need. I need assets to load first, then the script for your page, then the live wire component, because in your component, you might use an Alpine thing that you defined in your script. So it has to adhere to the strict order. Assets go first, they need to be fully loaded, then scripts, then the actual template needs to get initialized by LiveWire. So I tried a bunch of different things. I talked to you guys about there's a few different ways. There's a way to synchronously, in a blocking way, load scripts by like basically doing it differently, faking it, taking a script tag, using an XHR request to like fetch the URL, get that plain content, and then eval it directly in the page. And if you make a synchronous XHR request, it will block JavaScript and you're all good. So I hacked with, I went to promises hell and back, async await and back, and I paired with Mitch yesterday and just pairing on this. And then we realized that like, hey, the thing I didn't wanna do where you're just synchronously loading XHR, like fake loading these scripts, it's actually the cleanest solution and it works great. <clears throat> So wrote all these tests, got pretty much to the finish line, and then just had a thought. It was like, oh no, what if this script is is like takes a long time to, to load? So I in the test I just added like a sleep in JavaScript, which doesn't exist. You have to do like a while loop that ends after a certain amount of seconds. So did that, held the page for four seconds, because it's JavaScript single threaded. If you have something synchronous that takes a long time, it blocks everything you can't click on anything i'm not even sure you can scroll like it literally freezes your page so this is pretty much a no-go because i don't want you to do something in LiveWire where you add a component to the page and it loads an asset that's fairly expensive and the whole page freezes while it's being fetched from a server 
that is no bueno. And I can't just make this all promise-based and async await because I would need the nature of async await and that promise kind of stuff. I would need to go into the deepest core of LiveWire and then the deepest core of Alpine to make every single part of the initialization process asynchronous so that as Alpine is crawling the DOM and initializing every element, looking for directives and then initializing them, I'd have to make all of that asynchronous so that I could use await deep down to await the fetching of this JavaScript. And if I used promises, it wouldn't block the page. But the problem with that is promises are kind of expensive. In a, in a code path like Alpine's initialization path, <clears throat> I try to keep that as fast as possible because it's such a crucial code path. It's just like a ton of iterations. You could have 4,000 elements on the page and 10 directives on every single one of those elements. And that's like 40,000 loops. And right now, if it's N, you know, if it takes N amount of time and N amount of memory, when you use async await for every one of those method calls, it's now like four method calls and then 40,000 promises in memory that has trouble like garbage collecting and crap. Oh, it's just initially in Morphdom, I used await for a few things and I ripped it all out because it makes it slower. It makes it harder to reason about. It just makes everything worse. Um, so I didn't want to go that route. I was like this simple XHR synchronous route is going to be the way that's not the way because it freezes the whole page. What the hell am I going to do? And I'm just sitting there like defeated. Like this feature has plagued me for so long and it's just been like, you know, churn after churn, like brain cycles and not cracking it, cracking one little piece extra and then finding a little edge. That's the pattern here. It's like, oop, okay, I have a solution implement the solution feel really good about it find one edge crap do that again take the edge oh okay rethink the solution do the new solution fixed everything before it new edge and it's like rinse and repeat that like five times <clears throat> over two years or three years and here we are i'm sitting there on a call yesterday totally stumped and totally discouraged so i'm sitting there thinking i'm going okay wait i think there is a way if i'm willing to make this different and so what I decided to do is assets in LiveWire are handled differently than everything else. When you are loading an asset and it's an initial page load, I'm going to collect all the assets from the page and inject them into your HTML directly for initial page load. So we're good there. <clears throat> On a subsequent request, I'm also now, instead of normally, like components are little islands. If you have 10 components in a single request, they have their own little life cycle and their own data, their own effects and snapshots and everything. Well, I had to break, I had to break that for the first time ever in the code base and instead create a separate uh, item in the payload in LiveWire's payload. So now when you make a LiveWire request, you just saw components responses before. Now you're going to see components and assets. So if I basically collect all the assets, return them in bulk, I can process all those assets asynchronously before I handle the response. So if you load an asset, and this is just something I'll have to note it in the docs, but this is how it needs to work. Maybe there's like eventually a future where I add an option, an option for you to actually defer the loading of an asset and not hold up your live wire request, but it's just part of your live wire request. You think of it that way. If you load a new component that depends on an asset that's remotely on some JavaScript or on some server somewhere that serves JavaScript, LiveWire is going to 
basically that liveware request is going to take as long as it needs to go to your server and do your thing and then go fetch the assets and then it will handle the response and morph the page and blah 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 so that worked and i i had to add like a few asynchronous await stuff in the core but not nearly as bad as it could have been so it's pretty good i'm pretty happy with it okay do that whole thing hack on it clean it up write a bunch of tests of course, because this is the pattern, I have found a new little edge at the end of it, and that's when you're using Wire Navigate. If you're using Wire Navigate for that SPA juju, you go from one page to the other. It's weird now because, if you recall, when you make a full like page load, full like initial page load with Liveware that has assets, I inject it into the HTML directly for the first page. So when you use Wire Navigate to visit a link. Livewire doesn't know it's Wire Navigate or anything. It just renders all the HTML as if it's a full page load and, and sends that HTML over the wire. And then Wire Navigate goes, here's the new HTML of the page. Look at the head tag, find all the assets, see if they're already loaded on the page. If they're not, it's basically two asset managing systems in one program. It's the thing I described to you earlier and now the Wire Navigate asset managing system. Well, Wire Navigate, and I realize that this is kind of a bug with Wire Navigate in general, and I don't even know if it's a bug because TurboLinks works this way too. There's no way to actually like wait until all the new assets on the page are loaded to execute code. It's really a flaw, like it's a hole in the process. There's no way to do this well. So I thought, all right, I'm going to make Wire Navigate work so that Wire Navigate, when it goes and injects all of the assets into the head, it waits until they're fully loaded, and then it continues its replacement of the page. The good news is, if you're like, oh, I don't want to slow up my Wire Navigate requests to wait for the assets to load, A, you kind of have to, because you probably need those assets on the page. But B, generally, all these things are going to be cached. They're going to be one millisecond. And if they're not, they're on a CDN and they're not going to take long and then they're going to be cached. So it's really not like a performance thing in reality because browsers just cache assets by default. That's why this, to me, I'm not like worried about the slowdown of Wire Navigate because um, you're probably, most people are just probably not going to notice it ever at all. I'm testing it in my apps. I'm not noticing it at all. Um, so I need to load the Vimeo asset on all the screencast pages and, and do stuff with it to hook into the play progress and stuff. And that's where I'm using this in the Livewire docs. So um, that's all that journey came. To, so this morning I rolled up my sleeves. I twerked, 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 twerked a bunch of wire navigate code to work asynchronously so that I could hold up for new assets on the page. So now I have completed the feature. It's taken um, two, three years, but really two days of just a bunch of coding and banging my head against the wall after like a week or two ago doing that again and whatever. It's just, um, yeah, it, it, there's, there's a lot here, a lot of takeaways. I mean, one takeaway is like the good features are really hard and don't settle and just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's funny how you think you're just going to have to make concessions to get what you want. But when I look back, I go, Oh, this is actually clean as hell. I definitely had to make a few core concessions. The core is more complex, but I don't have to make performance. Um, uh, did I say conception? Performance? Yeah. Con, con, when you concede concessions, concessions. Have I been saying conceptions? <laughs> oh, wow. This is, um, <laughs> what's, this is a Freudian podcast. Um, yeah. So I didn't have to make as many concessions as I thought I would. I had to make very few. I have the perfect API that I didn't even brainstorm or think of long ago. 
So it was so worth the wait. And now it's clean and it works really well and it's fast. And for now, until there's a new bug report and I find that all of this, there's one little edge and I have to redo the whole thing all over again. Um, but another takeaway from this, another testament to, um, well, not a testament, but I remember for years, people going like, add Turbolinks for Livewire, make Turbolinks work with Livewire, add your own thing, make your own SPA mode. And I've threatened to build this forever on the podcast on No Plans to Merge. And I always said like, yeah, someday I'm going to do it. I definitely am. Just don't want to do it now. And I'm so glad I waited because all of I th- all that I thought would happen is happening. It's such a, this is the kind of feature that will impact every bit of live every feature you add you now have to think about does it work with wire navigate that's what it is that maybe this is the heuristic if you're about to add a feature think to yourself when i go to do new stuff or change stuff how many times will i have to think does this work with this new feature there's isolated features that are like that don't when you think when you ask yourself that question the answer is oh i'm not gonna have to think about this it's this one isolated thing like i'm thinking of like i don't know locked properties or something is like a good example i think of a really tight tightly scoped small feature that there's really not any time where i'm going to have to go does this work with locked properties that's not how it is but wire navigate i'm now going to have to ask myself basically every time i do anything in livewire does this work with wire navigate and just look at the browser tests for it to think to realize like how every yeah, like that's another smell is how many times I write a feature, find a bug, and then have to add a test to wire navigate for some unrelated feature. Um, but it's going to be all worth it. I just added wire navigate to the live wire docs locally, and it's beautiful. And it just it makes it feel so fast and so clean. And you don't know you're not on a Next.js SPA, which just feels so cool. Um, so yeah, really exciting stuff more excited than ever about the future of LiveWire. And as I'm building these things, I feel good about these additions. I don't feel like I'm just adding on to a pile of complexity, although I am in a sense. I'm happier with the code base so it doesn't feel so dangerous. Uh, but also, yeah, it just feels like like we're getting to that point where we're adding everything I ever wanted to add. And now it's just harden it, harden it, harden it. And yeah, where before it was like we were hardening LiveWire 2 and it felt like it was getting harder and harder. By harder, I mean like more solid. But every bit of that new solidity just basically emboldened the current code architecture. And I knew there was a pile of things it couldn't do that I wanted to do. So I had to hold off on these features where now we have pretty much all those features. So I am emboldening the current architecture with every new addition that's complex and sprawls throughout the code base. However, all the big features are added for the most part. Um, even like lately, I'm, th- I'm thinking like, what's LiveWire 4? And I'm, I've, I think slots are involved in LiveWire 4 for sure. I don't know how I'm going to crack those. But it's like that is now in my mind as one of the final bosses of Livewire itself is there are times where I want a Livewire component to accept a slot and eventually I'd like to crack that. Um, And there's probably other couple things that are at the top of my head with Livewire 4 that I'm not thinking of, but like slots are definitely one of them. Named modelables are another one. That one can be added at some point along the road without breaking everything. Um, But yeah, I don't know. We're still got a ways to go, but we're getting there, man. All right. Let me let me close this out here. I got to open up the window. See ya. <laughs>